0: Hey everybody, on today's episode of still to be determined, we're going to be talking about how nanotech is making batteries better, or should I say betterer? because nanotech with batteries is something that's been in the offing already for a while. And it just feels like this most recent video from Matt's channel is basically saying, well, maybe it's almost here. Mm-hmm. We'll find out more as we talk about that. As usual, I'm Sean Farrell. I write. I'm a writer of some sci-fi. I'm a writer of stuff for kids. And I'm also curious about technology. Luckily for me, my brother's Matt I've Undecided with Matt Farrell. And of course, that's what brings you here in the first place. You wouldn't be listening to my voice if you hadn't already listened to his. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty good weekend so far. How about you? I'm doing okay. We've had some fall weather as we head directly toward Halloween. And uh starting to feel like the the air is a little crisper than it had been. Of course, with weather changes and everything like that, crisp is a relative thing. So having to go out with Winter's a sweatshirt coming. as opposed to um yeah. a t-shirt is where we are right now. Yeah. Before we get into today's discussion, I wanted to share some thoughts about our most recent episode. This was the discussion on supersonic flight, and there was a lot of back and forth, no pun intended, around the supersonic flight questions (laughs) mainly, is it reasonable? Is it realistic? And even if it is reasonable and realistic, how much would people want to be a part of it? There were comments like this, like this one from Steve Kalitri who wrote, Sean, you hit the nail on the head with your comment about making the flight experience better rather than faster. My husband and I flew Boston to Los Angeles business class on a 787 for the first time in January, a post pandemic splurge for us. And the whole experience is a different world than flying economy. I wish the airlines would focus more on all passenger comfort and convenience rather than breaking up economy class into different sub segments, basic economy, economy, premium economy, comfort plus it's ridiculous. And yeah. yes, I'm right there with you, Steve. This is a growing framing of the travel experience where now you get economy, but if you go to economy, plus you can actually bring luggage. So you know, (laughs) shaving off more and more and seeing exactly how close they can get the seats together before customers say, I can't feel my feet anymore. Doesn't seem like the best way to go. There was also there's a lawn
1: chair strapped at the back of the plane.
0: That's Good right. Luck. Yeah. Here's a rope. Good luck. I also enjoyed this comment regarding sonic booms or sonic thumps as some of the yeah. aviators have been promoting this one from old gamer, noob, old gamer, noob. I love the, the handle, uh, <laughs> but old gamer had this to share. I had the experience in St. Louis and an air show where a B one bomber introduced itself into the show flying right over the crowd under the St. Louis arch with its wings swept back. Since it goes faster than its own sound, no one saw or heard it coming. So the whole crowd instinctively ducked and screamed at the sudden blast of noise, lower decibel level (laughs) and a thump instead of a (laughs) boom sound nicer, but I'm not sure how to avoid the surprise factor. As I recounted to Matt, my experience in San Francisco of standing on a busy sidewalk, doubling over and screaming at the sound of a sonic boom, we, we should probably call this the pucker factor. It What's is the pucker factor what is of this pu- plane. Yes. And it could be <laughs> on a scale similar to the seismic or decibel scale. So it could be exponential. Yes. The pucker factor of two yes. is 10 times as great as the pucker factor of one. So
1: Sean, I just wanna inject one comment It's an email I got a couple days ago. I'm not gonna give his full name cuz I don't know if he wants me to say his full name, but he's, his name is Tony. He sent me an email about on my YouTube channel. I'm getting a lot of viewers are probably noticing this, a lot of scam accounts that are pretending to be mm-hmm. me that comment in my comments and they say things like call me on WhatsApp and it's got like a WhatsApp number. You've just won a prize. It's all that kind of stuff. It's a huge problem across YouTube. All creators are experiencing this. I sometimes get five to 600 of these comments on every video. Mm-hmm. And I try to delete them and take them down as fast as possible. I've been putting filters into the con- comment controls to try to preemptively get them before they come out, but it's just a game of whack-a-mole and YouTube is really dropping the ball on fixing this. It's freaking Google. It's like, come on, you yeah. got put a couple of engineers on this, come up with some algorithms can stay on top of this and they can't, they're being beaten by these scam bots. Well, somebody emailed me saying they actually did try to contact. Mm. One of these people, they thought it was real. They contacted them. And here's why I'm bringing this up, uh, they used you, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> as, as their, like second factor authentic authentication. They said it was getting, they were told they want a power wall, but they had to pay something like a thousand dollars for the shipping. Like, okay, why do I have to pay for shipping if you're giving me this $8,000 power wall, something's not right here. So he said, he asked him, here's what he wrote. It's funny. I had a feeling this was a scam. So I asked them, what is the name of your brother's book that he published in 2016? And who is the publisher? <laughs> Their answers were both wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> amazed by that because that information is so easy to find. If you just go to I Google know. and you look up like Sean Farrell 2016 novel, you're going to find that information. So that's, yeah. first of all, Tony hat tip to you for like, putting together a a little quiz for them to be able to, to break through that. But like, I'm with, I'm with Matt, this is a huge problem. I did not know that it was happening on our videos or Matt's videos directly, but what I would, I've seen it. I'm I'm a, I'm a Matt and I are both gamers, big fans of, of games like destiny. I follow a lot of YouTubers who cover destiny. And I recently saw a couple of them in conversation talking about how often this happens on their videos and that Mm -hmm. what they end up with are like, they, they were doing a public service announcement, basically saying, we will never contact you via comments. We will never contact you via a secondary account. That isn't our primary account. We will never respond on a video as a second account. And we will never direct you to a third party app to contact us. And I think that that's, it's, it's really, really, uh, deplorable how, how often this is happening. And I agree with you, this lands completely in YouTube and Google's laps to say, how are you not able to police this better when if 500 comments like this are ending up on a video, there's not an individual doing that. There's a, it's, it's, it's there's a computer program in the background that is just running and doing this and on a different video of ours, I went back to look at some comments and I did find a conversation in the comments that was about 30 comments deep. And it was clearly. About crypto. It was all about crypto and it was all clearly robots. Talking to robots. And I just, I just deleted the entire thread from the comments. I hid the entire thing. It was because it was 30 comments deep, it was our top comment. So it pushed it right to the top because it was the most active comment thread. And it it was just like, yeah, they start off with the great video. Let me talk to you about crypto and off. Yeah. I did something about investing
1: and this person helped me. Who was it? Go talk to this person. Yeah. Same. They do the same routine every single time. And I just wanna make it clear to everybody, the same kind of like public announcement I never will do giveaways in that method. Yeah. If I ever do a gift giveaway, it's gonna be directly from me, from my email, from my website. I will never direct you to WhatsApp. I will yeah. never do anything like that. I would even, so it's, it's I would hasten to
0: add, yeah, I'd be willing to bet if you were to doing a giveaway, you might actually mention it in the video. Yes. Yeah. It would hurt hundred percent be mentioned in the video. I don't do like ghost
1: giveaways. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And guess what
0: users <laughs> I'm, I'm giving away, I'm giving away power walls, but it's a secret. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Matt. It's important. (laughs) I also enjoyed this comment from rich Bilb, who simply made a suggestion to you, Matt, there are hybrid airliners in testing now do a show about them. So yes, yes. Hybrid airliners, of course, being subtly different from planes in the fact that they are slower, but provide more of a sense of comfort. Think blimps And Matt and I have talked about them multiple times, including developments in the hybrid model, but maybe it's time for another refresher because it always seems like when Matt revisits a tech it's moved forward faster than even he anticipated. Yes. Which brings us perfectly to this video. This is Matt's most recent episode. This is game changing tech for batteries. Lithium mining explained it aired originally on October 25th, 2022 and. Ultimately what you're talking about in this, you're talking about energy X, I've got the company mm-hmm. name, right? And yep. there, is it their CEO Teague? Yes. Teague is the CEO. Okay. And founder. So you're yep. talking with Teague again, you had conversations with him a little more than How a year he, ago. A little over a year yeah. ago. Yep. And at that time, his, his company was looking at ways of using nanotech to harvest lithium and doing so in a way that would alleviate some of the mining concerns. Well, here we are now, a little more than a year later, and it sounds very much like Teague is not only much further down the path on doing exactly what he set out to do previously, but he's even got some new ideas about what his company could do. Do you want to touch on some of those offshoots from his main focus.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they did pilot testing and so they've kind of proven out the tech and now they're working with new partners to roll out four or five more implementations of the technology. But what they're planning on doing is building out batteries, which is, he talked about that when I talked to him a little over a year ago, he brought up the fact that they've been talking to battery researchers because this could, their technology could be used as a membrane, uh, solid state battery. And, uh, <laughs> they've actually gone way further down the, the path of that than I anticipated. And on uh, John B. Goodenough's, who's now retired, legendary battery researcher, his team, a significant portion of his team from the University of Texas is now working at EnergyX, researching solid-state batteries, lithium metal batteries. And that's the part that kind of blew me away. I didn't expect them to be that far along in the process of their battery research. So it sounds like they're getting very close to trying to find partners and trying to do pilot testing with some initial battery designs, which is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed in the video when you asked the question, what about that team? And he just smiled (laughs) and said, that team works for me now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Including (laughs) pointing out that one of his lead guys is the last PhD student to graduate under good enough. So. Yes. Yep. So at least we know that guy is good enough. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so some of the things that occurred to me as I was watching the video that I don't know that you had a direct discussion with Teague about this, but I was wondering a lot the discussion seemed to be about you take either uh the hydration method, dehydration method, where you're putting out the you're creating a brine and you're allowing the the brine pools, the brine pools yes. you're allowing that to effectively reach a saturation level where you can start filtering it through a carbon, a nanocarbon filter and capture the lithium. And he discussed how the nanocarbon actually has, there are properties within the, the chemical reactions of these things and the, the physics of it, where. Lithium just naturally wants to go through the netting and other materials want to avoid the netting so that the filtration process is very efficient and doesn't require it's, it's not like you're having to apply any kind of energy or tech to this other than just a, a natural filtration process. How applicable is this to other forms of lithium Uh, filtration. And what I'm thinking about mainly would be recycling processes because he's talking at one point about three different types of harvesting tech, which include solvents and Mm -hmm. breaking down mineral components, breaking down mined components. And I'm wondering how much could this technology be used in a recycling plant where they're taking existing batteries, breaking them up, chewing them up into some kind of metal slurry, and then dissolving that. And then using this process in that, is that something that they have looked into? Or is this just me merging two different texts together?
1: He and I didn't talk about that, but it wouldn't surprise me that it could be. I don't think it will be mainly because there are so many companies that are already doing lithium battery recycling, um, like life American manganese, redwood materials, and they all have different, slightly different processes of what they do, but the way they, it's called black mass. When you chew up the batteries and you end up with this, that slurry, just like this mound of stuff, it's just this black mass. And then you basically start to separate and extract the different materials out from that. You typically do that with acids and different chemicals to separate things out. that process is actually very efficient, very cheap, very easy to do. So I don't know if there's going to be a huge benefit to do something like energy X's membranes with their metal organic frameworks for that. I don't know if it's like, if there's an expert out there that knows it's like, it doesn't seem to me like it would be a, a huge gain by doing that where earlier in the process, the actual mining aspect, there is huge gains because like for the brine pools, I didn't bring it up in this video, but we talked about it in my previous one, the brine pools, you're stepping down. So you, you you do evaporation and then you take from one brine pool, you move to the next one and then you get it down to another concentration level and you keep moving it forward until it precipitates down to the level that you need at the end. And at the end, you typically are only extracting 30 to 50% of the lithium that you had at the beginning of the process it's like, it's not efficient. You're losing a lot of lithium along the way mm-hmm. where the energy X method, you're getting over 90% of the lithium from the extraction. So not only is it faster, it gets more of it. So it's, it's just saves time. It gets more of it from the process. It's just like a win, win, win. It's just so demonstrably better.
0: And the time frame they that you were talking I'd, was it's months yeah. for the original method, oh, 18 months, 18 months. And it's, yes, it's days or hours for this method. Yes. Correct. So it's like, it's just how fast, how many of
1: these units do you need to get the capacity that you need to churn through versus, okay, we're starting this brine pool over here. And 18 months later, we'll have our lithium over there. (laughs) It's it's just so much more efficient to do something like this, where if you're doing something in recycling, I don't know if you're going to get massive benefits by switching from one method to another. Mm -hmm. It's more of a potato, potato kind of thing. Um, is that because in recycling, my, you can
0: be more, you can be more direct in being able to say, we started with hundred pounds of lithium in this form. And well, now, you know we, exactly have, now we have, now we have a hundred pounds of lithium over here,
1: right? You know, we've exactly extracted hundred pounds,
0: right? Like everything that you're recycling from a chewed up battery,
1: you want all of it. Like you want every component of that thing where you're, you're getting, you're getting to get stuff out of the brine pools that you don't want. You're gonna get stuff out of, ore that you don't want. So there's gonna be like all this crap that you're going to be tossing away. And there's just a lot more to deal with. So it's like, there's different methods. And for, from my conversation with Teague and others in the recycling industry, it just, it just sounds like you got to find the right tool for the right job, which is what you and I always say every time we talk. And so it's like, I'm not sure if this membrane would be the right tool for the right job in recycling, but maybe it could be.
0: I'm wondering too about the massive differences in, you know, you wouldn't think, oh, Bolivia, Argentina, and he's mm-hmm. in a position where he's saying, yeah, we had to really reinvent parts of the process for Argentina. Cause it didn't match what we were doing in Bolivia from a chemical perspective, right. And color me naive. I was a little surprised by that. I was like, wow, it's really kind of, so, so I. it's kind of a fascinating, <laughs> like you would think, like, I tend to think like, oh, you dig into the ground, you find a mineral and then somebody else in another part of the world digs into the ground, they find the same mineral. So you have a a fairly one-to-one equivalency. And as he's pointing out, that's not how it goes. And obviously there are issues around like Argentina, the question about like mountain ranges, what is the effective depth that you're going into versus a, a different place, which may have a different age to the, the places that you're looking. It's also what's with the lithium it's like,
1: okay, this area has a ton of manganese and this place doesn't. So it's like, you have to account for the additional things that are in one area versus
0: the other. Right. So you talked in the video about how much Bolivia is effectively the gold mine of their, of lithium. So it's, if we had a, a gold rush here in the United States and California in the 1840s, do we have a lithium rush? in Bolivia are companies descending yeah. upon Bolivia with the intent of. We need to get this out of the ground as quickly and efficiently as possible. Yes,
1: there is no shortage of companies going to Bolivia saying, please, we'd love to work with you. And Bolivia is being very careful in who they're selecting and I'm careful in what go way little... is
0: my question.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's. Teague was very political and cautious in how he phrased his answers to me about Bolivia, but I am not tied to Bolivia, so I'll just say this. It's a highly questionable government that there's some levels of corruption and some questions around the government and their policies. and The fact that they held this um, open call for people to help improve their lithium mining And there were several companies that were selected to do this participation and energy X was one of them. And they said, we're gonna pick a winner from whoever does it best. And the thing was over and they still haven't picked a winner today. So it's like, it's, there's something weird going on behind the scenes, Mm. something hinky going on. And the fact that energy X was the only company that had a pilot facility on the ground in Bolivia and they crushed it and they still didn't get the winner, uh, the winning order. Mm. All the other companies haven't been picked either. So it's like, there's something weird going on in Bolivia right now with why they're doing what they're doing, whatever that is, um, I'll leave it up to everybody else to speculate, but it wasn't because EnergyX's technology doesn't work. There's something else at play. It's politics.
0: And what is the number two source for lithium? Well, China
1: and Bolivia are kind of like the big (laughs) players. Mm -hmm. And T and I talked about this a lot and I put some of it in the video, but. There's a surprising amount of lithium out there and people, there's a lot of discussion about there's not enough lithium to, to, for what we require. And that's not completely true. There actually is a significant amount of lithium. It's just, we can't get to it efficiently because of how we currently mine it, but with technologies like what energy X has, it's gonna unlock a whole bunch of new places. And one of those places is America. Like our concentration, the, the, the parts per million is much lower than Bolivia. Like Bolivia is like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the cream of the crop. But here in America, we still have a concentration level in different areas of our country that with large swaths of it, that is mineable with something like energy X. So it's like, we can start to supply our own lithium supply. But as many people point out in the comments, there are battery technologies that don't require lithium at all. And it's like, they were saying we should look at those. And it's like, yes, we absolutely should. Yeah. But it's like, you got to remember, it's going to take a decade or more to ramp up other technologies before we can actually start to use them at scale. Right. So right now lithium is our best bet. So we gotta be mining lithium right now. So there, this is a clear winner to me of energy access approach.
0: You touch on something that I was gonna raise later on in our conversation, which is as there are competitors to not only Teague's approach around lithium, but other competing technologies to lithium How prepared is energy X to slide into some of those other areas? In other words, is this technology something that they could say, well, we can do this with lithium. We could also do it with, and then name other minerals that they could use this technology for.
1: Oh yeah, no, this is metal organic frameworks are very adaptable. There's lots of different things you can do with it. The fact that they were, you know, we're gonna be doing lithium mining. No, by the way, we can do lithium metal batteries shows that it's very flexible. And in my last conversation with Teague a year ago, we talked about how this could be used for desalination. And there's a huge need for desalination around the planet. This technology can be used for that. So it's even when we transition away from lithium at some point in the future, and it's not a big need anymore, it's this technology is going to be able to be repurposed for an assortment of things in the mining industry and battery tech. So they're going to be able to adapt and grow
0: Mm. over time. It'll be interesting to see where they end up Yeah. If not in just lithium. I'm very, very interested in that, especially with the desalinization aspect of it, which you know, usable water, and I don't just mean drinkable water, usable water is going to become in some ways more important than where's our oil coming from? Because you know, we're we're reaching a critical mass right now of food production and the ability for farming to actually have enough water to raise the crops is becoming an issue as we enter drought stages around the world, including here in the United States. So this is gonna become a bigger and bigger issue as we move forward. There were also comments like this one from Ubytes, who wanted to remind us all that there are other ways of extracting lithium. And he points out another way of extracting lithium that you didn't mention is from clay. It's not known Hmm. that much yet, but it's been proven to work in a pilot plant in Nevada. You can check Cypress development Corp. They just released extraction results for battery grade lithium at 99.94. This exceeded the battery grade purity needed 99.5. They're in the process of doing this feasibility study, but the price per ton in the pre feasibility study, which is harder to say than you would think was (laughs) $3,387. So it looks comparable current costs. They also use a lot less water than brine operations. So there's another hint for you, yes. Matt, maybe to dig into another source of not only lithium, but videos for the future. So to the listeners, I'm curious, what are your thoughts about all this? The evolution of this technology is, I mean, Matt and I have talked about this before. Nano is a word that is slapped on products, uh, nanocarbon, yes is used to describe everything from phone cases to pencil tips. (laughs) And it usually means Marvel movies, Marvel movies, iron man suit, and it means (laughs) nothing most of the time, but this is technology that people have been hinting at for decades. And it seems like we have reached a stage where people pointing at a machine that's humming along and somebody could say, well, that's nanotech at work and it might actually be real this time. So what do you think? Do you think that this company is as Matt and I have been talking about leading the way, or do you see this as simply a blip as we move on to other tech, let us know in the comments, you can jump into the comments on YouTube directly below the video, or you can reach out through the contact information in the podcast description. You'll find that podcast description, wherever it was, you found this podcast, you know, where you found it, go back there, (laughs) look for it. I hope you do. Spotify, (laughs) Apple, Google, many, many places. And while you're there, you can like us, you can review us, and you can follow us. You can share us with your friends. You can also go to stilltbd.fm, click the become a supporter button, which allows you to throw coins at us. We appreciate the bruises. You can do the same right here on YouTube by clicking the join button here. All of that really does help support the show. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll talk to you next time.